ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the newest episode of Kinetic Impressions Movie Review. My man, introduce the thingy. Hey, uh, hey everybody, I'm Andy, and uh, this is, once again, Arnie D. Sorry, Arnie Diaz. Uh, and today we're going to do the uh, Children of Men. I'm really excited about this film. Uh, this is a scientific, uh, sorry, a science fiction thriller direct, directed by Alfonso Curion. And this is set in the not too distant future of the year 2027 when humanity is facing extinction from a global infertility crisis. So we take it takes place in London 2027 in this dystopian world where humans have been incapable of reproducing for 18 years for an unknown reason, meaning the imminent extinction of the species. Britain is one of the, the remaining civilized societies on the planet, which has resulted in people wanting to immigrate there. As such, it has become a police state, and in order to handle the immigrants who are placed into refugee clan, uh, oh, and they've had to handle um, immigration with refugee camps. When infertility threatens mankind with extinction and the last child, the last child born has perished, a disillusioned bureaucrat, Clive Owen, becomes the unlikely champion in the fight for the survival of Earth's population. He must face down his own demons and protect the planet's last remaining hope from danger. Arnie, what are your uh, overall thoughts on this movie? So I think uh, I think you are aware that I absolutely adore this movie yeah. uh, <laughs> um so i took the liberty of writing a little bit of a film analysis i realize that's not something we usually do but <laughs> i have some words that i would really just like to just just to give out to the world while we're while we're doing this so uh this is not gonna be too long i'm gonna make sure it's gonna be quick but just a small film analysis of children of men <clears throat> on the surface children of men is a story about escape its story takes its characters to many situations and scenes that are horrific, and we, and we are thrust on a journey that takes those characters through these situations to an eventual, hopeful conclusion. Alfonso Calderon crafted a film about the worst of humanity, but it is also about the escape from our worst reality into a brighter or hopeful reality. The film is not easy to watch, and I believe that is by design. It is my feeling that the film is meant to show humanity at its worst. And you cannot talk about this film without not talking about the current political subtext that is taking place in our world that is also paralleled in the film. The world created by this filmmaker is absolutely fictionalized possible reality that takes notes from our current socioeconomic and political grievances and downfalls. And with its core, I do believe that it is a story about hope. What follows is an achievement in filmmaking, uh, the likes of which I had not seen since 2006 when this movie was released. Alfonso Calderon crafted a film that is both a masterwork of small detail and a subtextual grand design. Its script and characters are nuanced so that they are representative of humanity's struggle to survive so, in essence, I really like this movie. <laughs> um, I think we're going to go ahead and dive into the story first, I believe. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think, I think, like I said uh, in that little opening, the story is the story of our possible future. But in a deeper level, the story is about a guy, man. 
the story is about a man seeking redemption, but it's also a man seeking within redemption for himself, but also within a world that is falling apart. And through his redemption is a story of hope for all of humanity. And I just adore this. I adore the story and I adore this movie. What, what are your thoughts on this, on the overall um, movie, sir? Oh, sorry, the, the story. Yeah, the story, uh, the story hits hard in all regards. Um, it is exactly what you said. It has, it has so much to do with our current political climate. Um, what just in the, in the during the story when they when they mention things like oh, immigration is what they blame for the fall of this or or people you know we we should have seen this coming years before you know things were were happening like the um like the flu vaccines and all this stuff and like they they really do hit hard on things that are happening now and that I think that's what makes this story so relevant usually when a movie comes out and it's about the future, it is, it is the only thing that can get, that can lose a valuation uh, faster than a car, like faster than you leave the parking lot. Right. Because like, as soon as you make a movie about the future, usually it, it, it's out of date the next week because like, he was like, Oh, you know, things that are, you know, I don't, I'm just thinking of minority report which is a great future movie yeah. and it or things have already, you know, things have already flopped around besides like, you know, like, Oh yeah, that's not back to the future. You know, like things like that. Like we, we are known for killing like a culture that is set in the future. And this movie, uh, what I love about it is that like nothing's futuristic in this movie. We are still driving cars <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. like the cars still run with motors on wheels. Um, we uh, like we still have animals that we need to like eat from. Sorry, I don't mean to make this long because this I'm not you know I'm not going anywhere um, very important. But like to just for like the the connotation to see goats in an apartment <laughs> just so that we can eat and drink milk, and to see cows still alive. Like, and that's like the main, the main like reason for eating and stuff like that. Like this, this, this all just has to do with like our world. And it's the most, uh, I think it's a brave, it's a very brave way to tell the story by saying, look, we're humans. We're not going to get that where we're not going to get anywhere faster than what you think. Yeah. A hundred percent. You're right. Yeah. Our future, like our future, future isn't as different than our, our future is now, than our current time is now, right? Like if you were to look 50 years ago, we were still riding around in cars. We were still, you know, we were still going to school wearing basically almost the same clothing. Like our, our, our lives hasn't, haven't really changed much except for the fact that we now have the internet. And, and if you look at the production guys and, and everything like that, you can tell that, that, Alfonso Coron did make this about the future and there are little subtle touches, you know, like the billboards look like they're fancier, the computers look like they're fancier, the cars look slightly different, but it really still kind of is a, a, a feeling of our current time. Right. Um, and the, the store, and I think that, I think that was by design, right? This was made in 2006, right? Which is like just after, 2001's 9-11 so we were living in this world that has 
that, and we still are right now living in the world that is kind of changed and shifted uh, into a more, uh, into a world where we are more aware of our downfalls as a species, right? And this movie's story definitely brings all of those like current topical feelings and brings them up to the surface. So you can just like, see and watch. One thing I do want to say that uh, this story, now it is based on a book called Brave New World. Now it borrows heavily from that book, but in a lot of ways it also diverges from the book, right? Um, so like, but like it, it is definitely Alfonso Calderon who takes this thing and just runs with it and makes it his own and makes it really beautiful. And I think it's important for us to really touch on the fact that, at least for me, I do believe that it is a story about redemption. You know, I always like to boil down great movies down to their most basic form. Like I think Jurassic Park is really about a man coming to terms with the fact that maybe he does want to have children, you know? Uh, and, and so like in that same vein, I do believe that this story is about a man kind of reclaiming his humanity in a world that's falling apart. Um, and in the, those tools are, are the story. There are the, the fact that there is a, there is a, a world crumbling and he, it literally helps and, and holds in his arms, the key to the future. <laughs> Which is right, and you know, uh, I have to agree. Like, um, you know, there, there's some stuff that you were saying. Uh, I see, and it's just a different take on it. I, I think this movie is about hope and the lack thereof, and how how we have to fight through hope. And this guy has no hope in the beginning. Theo has no hope in the beginning. He's he's just, you know, like he has this line with Jasper, and he's just like, you know, when are you just gonna come move out with me? And he's like, then I'd have nothing to look forward to. <laughs> because like that that was his last you know that's like and and i feel like he's serious in it he's like he has nothing else like going for him in this world his last thing is you know like just kind of like having that fun retirement joke well i'm just gonna go live out in the country and smoke weed with my friend um and uh like to your point that this is you have to look at the bones of the story. Uh, it is very loosely um, based on that 1992 crime novel that you were talking about, which is written by P.D. James, who was a, a fantastic crime author. So mm. I, you can see why it has so much to do with political climate, because if he's a crime author in 1992, there, there was so much race relations going on, so many civil disobediences going on within our culture in 92, we just elected a president who was um, uh, like, you know, we were just going Democrat in that in that time yeah. out of a Bush era. Uh, yeah. And then you take that and exactly what you said, Arnie, let's let's fast forward and we go into the 2006 era. And once again, we are going we're about to get out of another George Bush era. <laughs> Mass migration. <laughs> Seriously. Mass migration is a major issue in 2006. Yeah. We have Syrian refugees everywhere. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, the, the president-elect would uh, propose like registering Muslims. The UK vote yeah. would be a uh, UK vote and they would leave the European Union. So much of these things in this movie that were about like the future, like what, yeah. you know, ended up being so, okay. But yeah, um, I just wanted to like leave that note. No, for sure. And that's 
a perfect like that's that makes that that's the reason this movie is so it holds up so well right now because it was made in a time where we were thinking that this future was possible yeah right and now we're living in a world where in a lot of ways this future is happening there is a pandemic <laughs> there there is unrest there is fascism rising in the United States and in Britain. The Brexit movement is a populist, populist thing that is a nationalism thing and nationalism is rising around the world and that nationalism is causing fascism to rise within our world right now. And this movie hits the nail on the head of where we could be going. 14 that, years ago, that's funny, right? Yeah. Or 14 years ago. And like, I do wanna say Alfonso, he, um, he was quoted in a in a in a, a documentary that he was doing uh, very close to this. Um, just I'm taking quotes; they could be misconstrued, or um, they could I could be taking a misconstrued because I don't know in what form they were. But like rule one in this film was to be about cognizability. Um, <laughs> okay, um, he explained that in making this, he did not want to remake Blade Runner. Uh, he talked about it being the anti-Blade Runner when approaching this reality. Wow. That He's like, that was difficult for the art department because I would say, I don't want inventiveness. I want references to life. He mm. was quoted saying that to the art team. Because, and I think that is such a beautiful thing because uh, that's exactly what you and I have just been talking about for these four, first five minutes of this movie review. Yeah. And I just wanted to hint at that right before moving on. No, no, that's, that, that's fantastic. Now that, that, that kind of hits to the core of why I think watching this movie, um, I think why we wanted to watch this movie. Right. Yeah. I think, I think we we're, we like I, you and I both adore this movie. And I think when it, when it came out, it hit it, it hit us, it hit a chord and that and that chord is being hit hard right now by our by the news and the world that we're living in right now. And like you know, it hit you and I so early on in 2006 when movies weren't like this yet. We weren't yeah. getting these yearly the way we are now. I would I would venture to say that we get a Children of Men style movie at least. Uh, if we don't find out about it for years to come, we, you know, like we at least get one tw two times a year and we might find out about it a year from now. We might find about it the day it comes out, but we didn't used to get those types of movies. I would venture to say until 2010 when big budget films like these were coming out. And I, I love yeah. this. I think one of, um, but another thing that makes this movie fantastic are the characters. Uh, I think, the characters play a big role. What what yeah. did you think about the characters? Oh man. Um the 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 acting in this movie is so goddamn good. <laughs> um the characters do shape the reality of where you're in, right? So you've got Theo, who is this used to be former activist, now he's a bureaucrat, who is walking in this world just basically numb, right? His journey, obviously the protagonist of this film, but his journey, and it, it does become an ensemble piece, but eventually <laughs> characters start falling off the map, of course, right? Uh, yeah. his, his, like, he, he is the perfect catalyst for us to walk into this world because I think in a lot of ways we, 
as men just walking in this world kind of feel this way, right? Like we're just watching the world fall apart around us. I'm talking about you and I. Like, like you and I are, are, are Theo. He is the perfect catalyst for the for for the audience to go into this movie. Because the way this movie starts and the way the direction is done, it, it it is basically like we are following him as we are just a news crew or if he's just kind of like fogging it. Because we are very much yes. intimately next to him in this world. And we are those people in our world right now. We are just, we are not people who can, who have decision, who have decision power in this world. We, we are simply, you know, just guys just try to live. And we are watching our world fall apart around us as he is watching it fall apart. No, I, I think, I think you're absolutely right about Theo. Like Theo is the everyman. He is us. He's, yeah. he's, um, he's like immediately, I don't know why, but what I thought about when I saw this guy is like, he's the, the sad, he's the, um, another universe of her. He's Joaquin Phoenix and her, he's the sad lonely man in the future and he's given up hope on himself, but it doesn't mean he should give up hope necessarily on mankind. And I, I love that, that whole thing because he, he wants in such a short time, because uh, we will talk about, I'm sure it will get brought up again, how well paced this movie is, oh, God, how yes. phenomenally paced this movie is, yes. but it just, it, we get, we get slapped these, these cards very quickly. And I already feel for this mm -hmm. guy because you can tell he's sad. You can tell he's in a dark place right now. His wife embarks on him back. You know, his wife comes back into his life after 20 years of, um, of, you know, this, this marriage that's gone wrong. And for obviously what happened was, uh, something that started this epidemic in the first place with, uh, them losing a child early on. We, you know, they, they don't, they don't reference, I don't know if they reference that it was the flu of some sort or that it could have been that they lost a child. Oh, before. it was the flu. It was a flu epidemic during the well, flu but, epidemic. But it's it's crazy that like I think the whole thing about that was that it's it's about them losing a child before everyone else lost a child. Because oh, the, the okay. youngest kid is 2009. So the youngest kid was born in 2009. It we we get hit with that uh in the opening scene of the movie. Um, and they lose a kid in 2008. So even, <laughs> I don't, I'm not trying to say this as a joke, but even before it was cool to not, you know, to be losing care uh, kids and having miscarriages, they lost one. And it, it, I think it hit harder for them mm -hmm. because it, it was not that it was not the, the shape that the world was in. And for her to come back in his life and she doesn't know why he's, she's back. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't really trust her yet. But the trust that she instills or the trust that she tells Key to trust him with, like, like Julian tells Key to like trust Theo with your life. Yeah. Theo's the only one you can trust. Yeah. And I think it, it just reincarnates the love that he wants with Julian. And even though, uh, spoiler alert, we lose Julian early in the movie, mm -hmm. um, he really wants to to be with, you know, he, he wanted that love from her and he realizes that if she trusted him so much with key's life, then I think he, he owes it to himself, not even to her, to himself, to get key to safety. Um, and that's, I think that's just like the inception. That's the, the, the smallest thought of that, of that, what I got from this, from Theo himself. For, no, I know that, that, 
no, that that's a hundred percent right. I think you're hitting the nail on the head right there about all of that. It, it it's just um, <laughs> I think we should we we uh, and then if we talk about the other characters in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. They're all they're like it becomes an ensemble cast when we start to you know we we, we meet we meet I forget the character's name, but Michael Caine. Yeah, Jasper Palmer. Jasper, we meet Jasper uh, right after right after Theo goes into a coffee shop and then he walks out of it <laughs> and it gets exploded. So he has PTSD and goes talk to his friends and he is dealing with the whole world very differently than Theo is, right? Uh, he's dealing with it with, you know, seclusion and just doing drugs. And eventually we run into Julianne Moore's character. What was her name? You ever her name of? is Julian Taylor, Julian played Taylor. by Julian Moore. Yeah. That's that's where we get confused in this for sure. Um, and when we meet her, he she she's the one that brings in the world to him, right? She is yep. the catalyst that brings in the new uh, the 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 new uh, the, the the rest of the world into him and into thrusting him onto this journey. And then from there, we run into the Fishers. And the Fishers are this, like, you know, they're Antifa. <laughs> you know, they are they are the Antifa of that world. They are the 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 people who are fighting the power. The eventual evolution of someone who has the eventual evolution of what you know, what 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 the uh, the anti-establishment protesters become. And then from that, we meet Key, who is like, she's so unassuming. And she and and so simple of a character, but at the same time, really kind of exemplifies what we're trying to save, or what we should be trying to save, right? She's she's the hope, but she's also kind of childlike, right? She's 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 very innocent in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think the the like the really the thing that hit hard with me is just like man, no one's gonna accept, and they kept saying like a um, a Fuji. And I, I never thought of the word Fuji. I, I didn't know. I didn't. I, maybe it's just not in my generation. I never knew what Fuji meant, like the way they were referring it to. And like to, they, they were saying, like, they're never going to trust an outsider. They're never going to trust a refugee to have this child. They're never going to accept that. And they call her a Fuji. And so like the to know that, like, what we've called the of the earth now in this dystopian future is like that's who's having our child. No one will accept that, and I I, I think it's interesting in the characters, uh, just like you're saying that we meet throughout the whole time, that she find like she finds Julian, he finds somehow finds Julian, and they their their hope is in each other to like bring us through, but the the yeah these characters are great. I think Jasper, we 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 don't even get like we get to know Jasper for what two seconds. And um, you know a couple scenes, and yeah. I, I, you're already hurt by his death so early yeah. on. Like I mean, like I, I already feel for his wife. I'm like, how did you do that, man? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm not supposed to care for a character that you gave this much screen time to. <laughs> I, Michael Caine does an, uh, an amazing job at anything he does. I swear I will watch him make a crepe because I bet you he can do that great. He he's just impressed <laughs> me with every acting skill that he has. Um, but he, um, he, he's um, his character is actually based on John Lennon, if you can believe that. I, huh. I, I read that somewhere. That is it, so just, interesting. 
Um, but yeah, so like the, then we meet uh, Julian Taylor. And um, just like you said, she's this tough leader of this underground rebel group, right? And uh, I just wanted to know, I, I can't find this guy's name, but I, I really hate this guy right now because he always gains my trust for the first five minutes of a movie. And then he, he's the guy from Dr. Strange. Um, I will find uh, his name. I, I can't, oh, I'm gonna, you would tell Edge of Four? Yep, you said it. <laughs> you would tell Edge of Four? Yeah, 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 yeah. Guy I'll, always betrays me. Yeah. He's, you could be the hero <laughs> of a movie of Dr. Strange for what? 80% of the movie. And then you're like, I'm going to become the bad guy for the rest of the series. I'm like yeah. that's not fair. That is not fair. And that's what, that, I, I was just like, I know I'm going to hate this guy in this movie. And guess what? I do hate him. But <laughs> I, I did want to say before moving on uh, to any more characters, I just want to say like Luke, when we meet, uh, no, his name is Luke, but we meet, the other guy charlie uh, hunnam the guy with the, yeah charlie hunnam charlie i can't hunnam. believe that's charlie hunnam he doesn't even look like charlie hunnam right like i can't see his i can't i can't make out his eyes the whole movie like he's, he's always squinting or just the dreads just cover his face that's charlie hunnam oh this movie has a lot of early like roles for a bunch of people that like started killing it after this for sure right but like yeah. charlie hunnam is so great because i just remember charlie hunnam when he had long hair in um uh, what's the freaking freaks and geek undeclared when he was uh -huh. in the show undeclared as the theater guy. And I remember he had the long hair. So I kind of like, I felt like it was Charlie Hunnam. Then he gets all clean cut and sons of anarchy. And then I, you know, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, uh, just to go with, go with the flow. Like you meet um, that gypsy, the gypsy was great. I mean, like, I know I already like barely, barely any words, whole lot of character. Do you even have a whole lot of saying? character? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I felt for her dog. I was just like, "Wait a minute, you, what, uh, Ma Mariska? Mariska, you're not gonna get in yeah. the boat? Get in the boat, Mariska! <laughs> this guy's <laughs> dying. Like, come Go on, no one just got shot. Like, save the dog, save the dog. Like, get, get, get over here. They're about to shoot this place up. Come on. <laughs> Where? How did she find the underground railroad so fast? I was like, what the hell? They were. It's a lot of stuff going on at the same time. And, and like you could, if you watch it like a couple times, you can see where it all blends. <laughs> it's, it just, it's, it speaks. No, and that's what's great. It's like where the guy gets shot. They were just in the, they were so close. They were so close to the Underground Railroad entrance because it's where that the Ukrainian guy gets shot. Yeah. Um, like, and like they literally have to pass him again. Like, oh, hey, here's the, remember that time you almost died, Clive? Yeah, that was right here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's how that's how it is. Um, I think um, I think I think to wrap, I think um, for more, for, I think to wrap up the characters, the characters. Um, that would go I, crazy. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, no. I, I think um, it's it, it, it. We need to talk about we need to talk about the midwife. What is her name? What is her name? Uh, the uh, she's the one that that basically the sidekick for Key the whole time. Uh, she was one. Is, is it not Miriam? Yeah, Miriam. Yeah, it's Miriam. Miriam. Um, I think she. Uh, I think she was the catalyst for our fear because, because like when when we lose her. Oh my god. When we lose her, it is the moment where the plot is just skyrocketing to the nth degree, and you are feeling yeah. the most fucking fear and the most tautness of just how fucking thrilling this whole journey is with her. 
Uh, and you know, like I know, dude. I'm so sorry, man. Like uh, you can tell how much we care. We both care about this movie. Of yeah. how much we can talk about this movie. Yeah. But Marion's Marion's character arc, it just goes through this like this whole thing, right? Because at first, early, like, let's we gotta let this bitch die. We gotta yeah. let her go, man. She's I don't know whose side she's on anymore. Right. She, you know, like what, whatever. Like she, she, um, she floods the engine when they're trying to race down the hill, she's like, wait to like, I love Clive Owen's line. He's like, wait till I get a little bit of momentum <laughs> before trying to start the car. Yeah. <laughs> one of the only moments of levity in this entire movie. There's like, there's only one other moment of levity and it's when like, he's getting shot at and he's taking refuge in a corner with five of the dudes and the dudes are all like, no, get out of here. And he's like, sorry. He's like, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's like in flip-flops. I always have to laugh at his shoe, his shoe the problems shoe. in this move problem. But anyway, so like, um, yes. So we go from that, like Miriam's like one little comedic, that like that little comedic relief. Uh, she's in the car when Julian dies. Um, she's obviously the midwife that's going to help key out of this. And like, that's why she has to be there. And like, you obviously know that's why she's the guardian of key right. is she has to help deliver this baby. Cause she's the one that knows how to do it. That, that's what she was placed on this world. And then to go to that school because she was a school teacher. So to go into the school scene before oh, we God, meet Sid the school scene, and the sorry. school scene. And I just can't, I couldn't fathom. Like it hits you so hard when you're just like, Elementary schools don't have to exist anymore. They're just empty buildings. Yeah. They're empty buildings because kids don't exist anymore. That's right. And it's just, it's hurting your soul. And her her monologue, it's a quick monologue, but it's still a, a great monologue. It builds her for her own death. And for her to go out saying, help, help me, Gabriel, is, God. Oh my gosh, it's so powerful. And, um, I really didn't think I didn't think of somebody as meaningless as as down the line in the character list was going to hit me that hard with her death. But I'm I'm really glad you mentioned that, Arnie. Yeah, um, no, yeah. So, uh, what do we talk about next? What's the next? You're directing, my boy. Oh man, directing. I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one. I got a little too excited on on characters, so I'm gonna let you do the front load work on this. <laughs> Okay. Because <laughs> I know you'd love it. You'd love this. <laughs> Alfonso Calderon. Mexican. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, I'm, I'm sure at this point right now, probably one of the most storied, uh, award-winning directors uh, in, in, in modern times, in the current times. Has won directing, has won the Oscar for directing twice after this film for mm -hmm. Gravity and for Roma. Yep. Okay. He, this was the movie that put him on the map for me and for everyone else. The sure, so I, I the, the, the way that he viscerally tells this story by simultaneously putting you down in the ground and then actually uh, down on the ground and then simultaneously making sure that you are following the characters in their world as they're walking through the world 
And you got to bring in the production design in this one too, because the production design is phenomenal and it adds to the directing. He makes sure that this is what he does. I don't know how he does it, but he obviously has a lot of technical prowess as well. But he brings you into the world of the characters by one, utilizing basically nothing but one shots, which contains the world and brings you into it because that is the way we as human beings interact with the world. The one shot is his power. It is his superpower. It is what he has been working on and has been perfecting since he started making movies. And this movie is, I think, where he fucking nailed it and figured it out for the first time. Uh, And then if you bring in the production design that he is able to elevate, and is also everything is also elevated by the sheer detail, the detail that is brought into every single frame of this movie. If you watch this movie, please pay attention to the background. That was actually from a review that I that I read. That's not mine. <laughs> the, the 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 sheer amount of story detail that is simply brought into each frame of this movie from the, I mean, the, the, like they they flooded the streets of London. I don't know what 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 set or whatever they did. They they flooded the streets of this world, and they brought in the story with the sheer disarray, with everyone walking around with their tattered clothing, with the cages being brought up on the streets of London. All of this encapsulated in each single frame is just masterful storytelling. He is also able to bring in the nuance of the characters together. The scene where Theo is in Jasper's place and Theo is listening to Jasper explain to Key and to Miriam his story, the story of him, of his child, of his marriage. And it's literally a one shot. The entire thing is a one shot of Theo, who is an alcoholic, from filling up his flask to just standing there next to the, just next to a corner and just listening to his own life being told. It's, it's incredible. It, 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 like that, that scene alone is so fucking it just brings out the humanity of the characters and the story at the same time. Artie, uh, I, I gotta I gotta reference one more scene that's exactly like that, and it's when he loses it after burying Julian. Oh God, yes. Oh my God, I, I'm God. sorry that I had to cut you off because you were roll, but like falls. Yes, no, no, no. Please, it, uh, that, it, that, it that. is just it is that it is that brilliant moment where. Um, and I love it. It's all around. It's not, it's, it's acting too, which I'm yeah. so sad. We haven't seen Clive, Clive Owen in more stuff lately. Uh, and, and he's been in a lot lately, but like in something this good, cause he does such a phenomenal job. Fantastic and when actor. he, when he, what's up? Fantastic actor. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, he, when he like, he loses it, he's just going to do his casual thing. You think he's going to like, you've seen him in every scene. He's just going to have to look out into the world and say, this is what I'm fucking in, takes a cigarette and he just loses it. He can't even, he doesn't even smoke the cigarette. He loses the cigarette in the ground and yeah. he just has to like cry. And he knows that he has to get his shit together yeah. just to get back into this car. Cause they're, I don't know, man. I, it's, I, it's, I, I lost it's, it for that thing. It's there. There are beautiful portraits like yes. that sprinkled throughout this film this like it's just it is a work of art if i was to liken it to anything it's like 
this is kind of a weird reference, but if you know who Alex Ross is, he's a comic book artist. And every single one of his panels takes three to four days to complete because he literally makes a work of art for each panel. That like he, he one of the best ones is called Kingdom Come. If you did the comic book called Kingdom Come, it's a graphic novel. Um, every single frame is a painting. It is it is it is an intricate, beautifully spaced and and created work of scene. And every, it, it, there, the, the attention to detail in this film is potent and just leaps off the screen in every single frame. And that is an achievement that only Alfonso Calderon could have done. Yes, uh, the, the, like, you know, the direction is phenomenal. It's funny, like um, one of the, the, the my most highlighted note, I can't say in here, but it was just so funny that you say what you said was well-crafted and intelligent every scene, every little thing that is going on in the background, Alfonso is a mastermind. Those were my notes from yeah. <laughs> just from during the movie. I was like, yeah. um, because I'm just like, I couldn't believe every single intricacy, every single one shot is so detailed. It's um, immersive. And what I loved, uh, what something I loved is because we, we watched 1917 with a lot of one shots, and these one shots were, uh, uh, you know, strategically placed, and um, they were very simplistic. I, 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 and nothing, you know, nothing against Sam Mendes uh, on that on that specific thing, but they were very simplistic compared to this one shot. Uh, I'm thinking of the the one right after the comedic scene that you just said when he's. He gets pushed out of the corner. He's getting shot out. He runs into a bus. There's some people in there and you just see them looking around and it's so busy. It's so busy, but you, you see so many things and it, you, it's one of the best oh, movies yeah. that I feel like I'm in the call of duty game. Yeah. It, yeah. In a lot of ways you do feel like you're in a video game. It, it's <laughs> you see, you see that he's afraid of um, you see that he's afraid of Charlie Hunnam. You see that he's afraid of him, and and you can track him in most of yeah. the shots that he's running away from and hiding from, and that he's shooting, he's getting shot at, including his, oh no, I guess his last shot, but like you know, even in the house or even in the apartment, and then the, and I think that attention to detail, he's trying to win your attention, of look at everyone's face, look at how everyone's reacting to, this this anomaly. And to, so that you gain that momentum for the, like that ending walking scene of we're going to stop war. Mm. We are going to stop all war that's going on in this building so that this child, this newly born child and her mother can, can leave this building and we can hear her, um, her baby crying. I think it's, it's magnificent. Bro, that... <laughs> That, that scene is probably probably one of the best scenes in cinema. Yes. Probably one of the best things to ever be put on celluloid, digital, what the fuck ever in the history of humanity. The oh my god. god, the stairway scene, which I mean is the climax of the film. Spoiler or whatever. It, it is beautiful. It is irreverent. And 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 it is so earned 
and well-placed and managed, it brings everything together, right? And, and when you cross that line, well, my, the most beautiful thing is just like when when she crosses that line, you see that the refugees, like, you know, all the people, they're like, they don't care about the war that's going on. They don't care about the good guys and the bad guys fighting. They want to see this baby. They're willing to take a bullet to see this baby. And that's how it starts. And then you see the people fighting, you know, the you see the... um like the Antifa people, basically. Yeah, fishers. Yeah, the, the the fishers. You see them. They start. They finally stop, and then like you're you're watching her go down the stairs, and there's just shooting going on, and like the guy just calls the sign, like stop, ceasefire, ceasefire, and like they just call they call this ceasefire for a second, just so that every soldier can get like can get a a glimpse of this baby. Just the 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 sheer respect now. That they have to, I don't know, man. It's I, I, I can't even. Words have just left it's, me because that's the the hope, the hope of humanity. The hope of uh, humanity is walking down a war torn stairway. <laughs> wow. Um, the, wow. Sh- shout out to the director of photography, who. Um, uh, what else has they done? I'm sure they've done some. Hold bad. on, three years before this movie, he did a cat in a hat. <laughs> God, I'm just letting you know, man. Like, uh, Emmanuel Lubisky, Lubisky. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, um, let's say in since 2018, or let's since 2017, um, he's done The Revenant, okay, okay, Knight of Cups, Birdman. Yeah, makes sense. I believe another Alfonso. Yes, Gravity, yes. another yes. Alfonso. Another Alfonso. Yes, 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 yes. The yes. Tree of Life. Ah, ah, okay, okay. That's yeah. Darren Aronofsky. No, Burn a, After no. Reading. Sorry, that was, it's Terrence Malick. Sorry. Uh, Burn, <laughs> Burn After Reading. Coen Brothers. Children of Men. Yes. Uh, I, I'm just reading some highlights of this. I'm, I'm probably skipping gotcha. some. Gotcha. The Assassination of Richard Nixon. And, and then, yeah, for some reason, the cat in the hat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's um, got to start somewhere, man. <laughs> he, he did do he did do some of the the most beautiful. Um, oh my god, he did my favorite, "A Walk in the Clouds" with Keanu Reeves. Oh my god, god that's such a beautiful movie. Movie. But he's followed uh, Alfonso a while. He did uh, "Itu Mama Tambien" oh, that's with Alfonso. Name. He did "Great Expectations" with Alfonso. Oh, so yeah. Um, so like he he's been there he's been they've been to have tried and true, dude. Shout out to Mexicans, like invading American cinema and fucking showing people what is up. All right. <laughs> oh my god, this guy's yeah, and this guy is from Mexico City. He was born yeah. in Mexico City. So shout out to him. I had to uh, the director of photography. This guy's this guy should have all the awards. He's he's so great. Um, Oh Absolutely. man, I'm so, out of breath. Out of breath from all that movie. All, this all is movie this is a breathtaking movie. Yes, this is yes. A, a a seminal work in filmmaking. One of my top ten movies of all time for sure. Um, I was impressionable when I watched this. It was 2006. I think we we were freshmen. Maybe no, it was no. We were we were like in like like juniors probably. Sophomores, yep. Yeah, this was like. 
to be like this is when I was like knee deep in like cinema and theater and just kind of like ingratiating myself in the world of film and storytelling. And this is one of those movies, one of those things that just kind of shows you the like how story can just be elevated to a point where it 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 shows you it shows you about humanity and people and it's also a wonderful work of fiction that shows you hope and just a, a fantastic ride that needs and begs to be watched fantastic film um absolutely I, I, um I, I don't think there's anything else to talk about man uh besides the fantastic editing and kinetic energy that it had um, the production design, which was out of the, the production. Okay, yeah, we got to talk about that. The production design of this movie <laughs> is off the fucking charts. The world building is incredible. And the production design is the reason the one takes down on the man of the street shots work so fucking well. Because they are, because that's it, because it, it, you're basically just taking it all in taking all of it in it creates the production design creates a world of just despair and depression and anarchy and intensity that is just palatable fantastic fantastic production design and the editing which is so kinetic which is also something that alfonso does really well um it it, it just it leaps off and and it actually it, it gives you time to breathe in moments but then it also is able to pick up the energy and move you forward in the plot in the moments that it needs it in. The, but the camera work alone, I'm, I'm just like so dumbfounded at like how how great like they wanted this imperfection quality, and you really see like I feel like there's this breathing. It's more of a breathing of movement as opposed to any kind of oh, ac weird action camera that you see. It's breathing. Yeah. And it just feels like you're in that moment. And I love the way it's yeah. it's it's uh the camera work was done so phenomenal, like just so beautiful. Uh, like you can't the the still are so perfect. Like when they said yeah. it, it's so perfect, but all the movement is just richly done. Um, this is not supposed to be a gory movie, but man, the, the death scenes are just fucking dynamic. <laughs> like they're just, yeah. they're yeah. great, man. Like, and you, yeah, I was like, this not even needed. It's not even needed, yeah. but like, it's, it's not like, it's not over the top. It's just beautifully done. And yeah, like you said, man, like shout out to, shout out to Mexico, man, because they just <laughs> yeah. such. Coming in clutch, man. Film. Yeah, and the color grading, the color grading was yeah. really what sets the tone in that you're in the future because everybody does something with color grading when you're doing, uh, when I was referencing a future movie earlier, mm -hmm. everyone does something very specific and like you can see just with our background, um, the color grading just makes a huge difference. It gives, it. it's like, it's almost that matrix green color. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very monotone subtle but what what i like about it is that it doesn't kill color it's not like yeah. you it, it's kind of like in the the scenes that i think about the matrix is like when you see the lady in red she pops yeah and when we're given color in this movie it really does just like it takes your breath away in the in that movie in a lot yeah in, in um um and just like to that point 
Um, who who is the gypsy lady? I forget her name, but you can see where she is in every part of the scene, right? She's wearing a specific color sweater. Yeah, it's like kind of like burgundy, right? Or red? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ma- Marish- you, Marishka. Marishka. So when they come out of of when they come out from the stairway scene, she's the one that guides them to the boat. And you yeah. can immediately see where she is because she pops against everything. Right. And so do they as characters, right? They pop, they pop against the background and in that way. Um, dude, fan, dude, fantastic film. Just, just a great, great, great movie, man. Anything else, man? I think, I think we did it. I think we did it. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, we killed it. We killed it, man. Killed it, man. Um, children of men, please go watch this movie. <laughs> give it, give it, give it your hard earned money. Okay. You go out, you can watch it for free on Peacock, or you could go and rent it on any streaming platform for like three, four bucks. It is incredible, beautiful for these times, and just a great film. Just a great film. And it's, and don't worry, if you don't want to watch it in the next seven years, we're going to catch up to it. So don't Absolutely. worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Is that it? Yeah. I think we did it. Um, I'll just give a little shout out to my stuff. My name is Arnie Diaz. You can... Watch all my stuff at rndias.com or search for the Arnadias show on any platform that you listen to your podcast. This is Kinetic Impressions. Also, please, if you are watching this, please give us a follow, like, subscribe. Uh, also, you can find our podcast on Kinetic Impressions on any podcasting platform known to humanity. My man. Yeah, same thing. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, Like, comment, subscribe, please, on anything that we do. Uh, Go check out another one of our videos. Maybe uh, if you didn't like this one, maybe we did something you did like. Maybe if you did like this one, we really did something already that you liked. Uh, If you hate us, uh, leave. go ahead and leave that in the comments, too. And if you want us to do something, if you want us to do something, uh, you know, we can... uh, well, we're open to some. We're open to critiques, and we're open to suggestions on movies to watch. Because absolutely, we always love watching movies. Because, as you know, every th- every time we close a video, Arnie, what do we say? Watch a movie. Watch a damn movie. Watch a damn movie. <laughs>